This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. The debate over drinking sugary beverages like pop or soda has been raging for quite a few years now. Health officials all over the world are concerned that consumption of pop has led to an increase in obesity rates and diabetes and all sorts of other health problems. So that is why some very big organizations in the United States, like the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Heart Association, have come out with some recommendations that they say are necessary to fight back against those health problems. So what are they recommending? Well, let's find out. Natalie Muth joins us now, a pediatrician and lead author of the policy statement about sugary drinks. Natalie, thank you very much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So what does this statement say? Yeah, so as you mentioned, there's a huge problem with sugary drink consumption really worldwide. We know that children are drinking about 30 gallons of sugary drinks over the course of a year, which is about this amount that was, is needed to fill a small bathtub. So clearly there's really a problem with intake and health concerns from these drinks. I'm a pediatrician. Um, as the other almost 70,000 pediatricians that the American Academy of Pediatrics represents, I see kids every day who are affected by this. And even though we're trying to talk to them to decrease sugary drink consumption, it's not enough. So this policy statement really um, lays out some public health changes, some policy changes that we feel are really necessary to decrease uh, sugary drink consumption in children and adolescents. Some of the recommendations we we make are, uh, you know, top line, the one that has the most evidence and support is really implementing a tax on sugary drinks. We know when the price goes up, the um, purchases go down, and so the overall intake decreases. Okay. Now that's one that's been debated quite a bit in the last few years. But what about like advertising regulations, things like that? You mentioned those as well. Absolutely. So we know that the industry spends over $800 million a year targeting children and adolescents as well as adults with um, ads for sugary drinks. A typical teen sees at least one ad a day. So this recommendation really puts out that we need to do more to limit marketing of these sugary drinks to children and adolescents. Uh, There's nuance about the best way to do that and what's kind of allowable ways to uh, help the industry to be more responsible and stop targeting um, our young kids with these ads. It's really just not a fair playing field. As a pediatrician, then, uh, what do you see out there in terms of the consumption of the drinks and the effect that it has? Yeah, so I, you know, I see children in my office every day. I've seen kids as young as the age of two who already are showing signs of fatty liver disease. I've diagnosed type 2 diabetes in teenagers, seeing high cholesterol in many children. It's strongly related to sugary drink consumption. I didn't go into pediatrics expecting to be seeing all of these diseases in our kids. These are really diseases that usually affect, you know, their grandparents. So if we don't take action soon and take significant action, we're really faced that individual child is faced with a crisis in their health throughout their life, but also as a community and society, we really will have decreased productivity, decreased well-being, um, decreased economic productivity in, in our community. So we, we can't just stand by and, and watch this happen. That is really quite shocking, though, what you just described there. So you're talking about young children, as young as two, that have the health problems of seniors. Exactly. 
it's it's a real problem and it's not going away it's not getting any better even though over the last like i would say five ten years we've we've been having a bigger discussion right about the health impact of sugary drinks and how we really need to cut down on that has any of that had an impact uh, there's there's some studies that show that maybe drinking you know soda consumption for example is going down a little bit but there's many other drinks that make up sugary drinks things like fruit drinks and lemonades uh, sweetened coffees so it, it's going down a bit but it's not going down enough and as I mentioned children are still drinking you know over 30 gallons of this stuff a year Oof. so we we need to do more and these individual level changes that we've had in place so far really just aren't enough and I know the price is something that we've talked about before as well the fact that to drink this kind of stuff is cheaper than if they drank like water or milk right it's it's Uh, Very accessible, very inexpensive, and it's heavily marketed. So that's part of the reason why in our recommendations we have a thing such as the tax, which will increase the price of these products. We also advocate that water or milk become the default beverage on all children's menus so that it becomes easier to access and kind of the healthy choice being the the easier the default choice so that uh, kids aren't automatically just getting these drinks when they eat out. And we also really think that um, more needs to be done on nutrition labels and warning labels and really helping people to understand how much sugar is in the, are in these drinks and how making a different choice such as water is going to be much better for health in the short term as well as the long term. Do we know if soda taxes work? I know there's been quite a debate about this. Yeah, thank you for asking that you know the american heart association american academy of pediatrics are both very evidence-based organizations and this policy statement really stands on pretty strong evidence in fact especially for the excise tax in increasing the price of sugary drinks which causes the, the purchase to go down we also have on the ground examples in several cities throughout the united states and mexico and a few other countries that show that these taxes do work Right. So you, and I know they've been implemented in some cities in the United States. Is that right? Yeah. So Berkeley, California was the first city that implemented a tax and, and has been studied now over the course of a few years and has shown that, yes, the price of these beverages went up when the tax was implemented. People purchased them less and, in fact, are making more purchases of healthy beverages that don't contain added sugars such as water, um, sparkling water, et cetera. So is, is this the case, Dr. Myth, that any little bit helps here? Anything you can do to cut down even a little bit on the consumption could help? Ab- absolutely. There is a relationship between how much sugar people take in and what those health concerns that can develop from sugar intake. So, yeah, we think that even small amounts of, of reduction in sugar is a good thing. But if we can do more, if we can implement policies such as the ones I mentioned um, together, we know that we're going to have a much stronger impact, which is really going to provide an even um, better future and really present for our children. Well, thank you so much for joining us to talk about this today. It's my pleasure. Appreciate that. That's Dr. Natalie Muth, who's a pediatrician and lead author of this policy statement on the health issues of sugary drink consumption, really focused on the United States, but certainly a debate that we have been having here in Canada as well.